Hi, welcome to Never a Dull Moment, Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. We are a group of five women and mothers who originally met as part of a book club and decided to podcast to channel our creative energy. Collectively, we are parents to eight boys and six girls from teenager to toddler. I am Melody, a remarried widow with two kids and two stepkids. I've founded a nonprofit, traveled to 53 countries, and my latest obsession is my family tree. Hi, I'm Jessica. I'm an artist, a docent, and a stay-at-home mom to two kids. I keep myself grounded by cooking what I grow and spending time in my home pottery studio. I'm constantly tortured by piles of laundry. (laughs) I'm Shana. I'm a former industrial engineer, now domestic engineer, with three sons, two cats, a mom with dementia, and often a foster child, all living in my home. I'm Jocelyn, a former English teacher, foster parent, and current stay-at-home mom. Now that my kids are tweens, I'm trying to figure out what comes next for me. And I'm Mary, a former attorney currently staying at home with my four kids. My natural habitat is inside my bedroom closet turned office, where I write, podcast, eat chocolate, and hide. (laughs) All right. This week, we're talking about friendship. It's a big topic, but it's something that's been on my mind, and I think it's relevant as we all look ahead to what will hopefully be the transition away from corona time and back into social time. And I don't know if you can hear me right now, like fervently knocking on wood um, as I dream of the future where um, we're all getting together again. Uh, I think being isolated from people who are typically near to us and who are part of our everyday routine has made some of us realize that um, there are those loose social social ties that we relied on and often called friendships that have kind of fallen away over the last year or so where we have been out of our usual routines, not seeing the same people um, as we've been social distancing and isolating. Um, and then on the other hand, some of us have actually strengthened ties with friends, maybe old friends who, who live far away since some of us have more free time um, and everyone is now fluent in the language of Zoom. <laughs> so, so staying connected to far away friends is in some ways easier now than it was before. Mm-hmm. But in any case, this past year has been one of real change, I think, for some of our relationships um, and also for you know each of us personally, um, since so much of what had previously kept us busy and connected to people was put on pause and we were all kind of left to ponder what is essential in my life and, and who is essential in my life. Um, and so we, we've had some conversations through text thread, um, and you know, also in person before about, about this topic before tonight. Um, and I think we all agree that friendship is essential. Um, but we each had some interesting thoughts on the role of friendship in our lives. Um, and since the topic is so large, I, I just would say that we're mainly, focusing on friends in real life, like those people that in normal times you could see for dinner without an airplane ride or say, give a hug to. Um, Yeah. So just in thinking about really what we mean by friendship, um, Jessica, you had an interesting um, sort of characterization of friendship, how it's rooted in honesty and kind of exposing yourself to others, um, but not exposing yourself like (laughs) with a trench coat um, in a more uh, transcendent way. Can you tell us more about that? Of course. So for me, I find it's important to, for me to define what 
is a real friendship or a close friendship uh, versus an acquaintance. So a real friendship to me, I can say exactly how I feel and think about something. And the other person will also tell me the truth on how they think or feel about something. And both of us um, feel comfortable saying if they disagree with the other on what they're saying or they're doing or whatever. And I guess I sort of figured out in preparation for this is that I really need um, the sort of say it like it is type of a friend who's also sensitive to listening to my thoughts and feelings. And I found that it's really important for me to define this because then I can really know whether or not this friend is an acquaintance or a close friend. I, I totally agree. Like if you feel like you are having to kind of filter yourself or walk on eggshells with someone, it's really hard to call that person more than an acquaintance or um, kind of a, a loose friend. And I think just to have that safety, to be able to say, I can say what I want and they don't have to agree is even more important right now while we're in sort of a political turmoil, a societal turmoil, to be able to say, I can say what I think. And um, if you're my friend, I already know you don't have crazy thoughts already. And it's okay for you to say, you know what, I just don't know how I feel about this. Help me verbally process it. I think that's wonderful that you have, you know, now is so important to have friendships where you feel safe talking about how you feel. Or what if you do have crazy thoughts? <laughs> I mean, do you ever think like sometimes I am so grateful to have friends because I'm like, am I crazy or like, you know, X, Y, Z. And they're like, oh, that's okay. That's normal. Like, I think a lot of times I, I know people are my friends when I can open up in that way. Yeah. I really appreciate both when I have friends who can validate those crazy feelings, like, am I crazy or is this happening? And they're like, oh no, that's totally happening. But likewise, sometimes when I tell something to a friend and they're able to push back against it and maybe help me to refine my ideas and maybe see where I'm not seeing the whole picture or my thinking is flawed or I'm not seeing somebody else's point of view very well. Because I can be a very like rash jump to conclusions person, like a little bit of a hothead. And so I appreciate, (laughs) yes, yes, Shana, believe it or not. (laughs) So I appreciate when I have friends who like bring me down a little bit in that whether it's agreeing with me or disagreeing with me or, or pushing or telling me. you you're taking crazy pills. Yeah. 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 I need that. You need that. <laughs> Melody, um, when we were talking before, you kind of had a different take on it. Um, describing friends as people who impact you or, or your personality in specific ways. Tell us about that. You know, I'm a former consultant and consultants love to build models. So I have it in my DNA to build models. So part of me would love to just go and categorize everyone in my life by certain things. But I heard a really nice, complete, uh, simple way of doing this or um, recently on a podcast where the the guy that was being interviewed postulated that he had about five or six friends with whom who made him more of what he wanted to be. And I just really liked that way of looking at friendships. And what he decided was that he would prioritize the time he has on these people. And so, um, you know, I started thinking about that and I thought about a few friends and 
the number I think is not so important, but just the idea of how the people you're around influence you. And if you're around people who are what you don't want to be, like negative or anxious or hypercritical or whatever, um, you kind of become more of that. And I've seen that in myself. So I, I thought about some of the friends that um, are really good critical think. One's a really good critical thinker. One is really fun and curious. One is very good for deep thinking. Another is socially conscious and reminds me to pay more attention to my words and actions. And all of them are very honest and very curious about each other in the world. And I thought those are all the things that I want to be more of. And it was just kind of nice, I thought, to to distill it down to um, not necessarily in the in the hopes of getting something from them, but in the idea of surrounding yourself with people that are good for your soul. There's there's that quote, um, show me who your friends are and I will tell you who you are. I'll show you mm. show you what you are. Um, that. And that's true. Um, I feel like that's easy to do kind of in retrospect, right? Like you make your friends and you have these close friends and then you sort of appreciate all of their wonderful qualities um, and not so possible to sort of like collect different friends no, that have no, you're right. various characteristics um, to like make you a better person. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be an easy way to improve ourselves though? Um, <laughs> no, but I, I do love that idea that like our friends kind of reflect who we are, but also make us who we are. Right, right. It's more of a, not a strategy about how to acquire friends, more a strategy of how to spend your time and how to make sure that you keep people in your life that are good for you. But I also think it's interesting that you um, found a strength that you get from each of your friends. And so you're not thinking like, oh, I have this one friend and I need everything from this one person. You're like, no, I get this one strong thing from this one person and this strong thing from this other person. And they both help me. So um, but at the same time, I kind of think, well, you're really it's what I think in the grand picture, like my best friend and I always say to each other, well, you're lucky in this life if you have one really good friend. Mm. And so I think it really just takes one. Yeah, I agree. That, that kind of reminds me of Shana, when you were talking about like different categories of friendships or friends um, and what they offer you or what you offer them. Yeah, and I don't know if my definition of friendship is too broad or if really what I believe is that not all friendships are created equal. And for me, that that's okay. Um, For others, that may not be. So, you know, all of us have friends that we've known forever and that we can always pick up where we left off no matter how long it's been. Um, And those are your those are great friends, right? Even if it's been a while since you've connected. Um, But I also have some just peripheral friendships, I think, and maybe they're not really friendships. Maybe you guys can comment on it. But um, for example, there's a lady that I used to walk with all the time. And I knew going in, I'm just there for exercise and for her to talk to. I am just her sounding board, like a armchair psychologist. And I was okay with being a benevolent friend to someone who had no one else to talk to. Like I felt I was giving, but not getting. And I was okay with that because I had other friends that I could get to. And then, um, you know, I feel like 
uh, we all have friendly acquaintances. And, and for me, it's like people that I would see when I'm volunteering at the school with my, you know, my kid's school. And these might be people that I think are great and I would love to spend more time with. And why don't I? Are there too many of them? Do I, am I too busy? So some things like that. And then I think all of us could agree that we have um, friends over social media that we've known you know, for a long time, but I always feel like a, a peeping Tom. I just want to <laughs> peek in. I want to see what your life is. I want to see how much your kids have grown, but I don't really want to give anything back. I mean, you can peep in Tom into my life as well, but I'm not reaching out to talk to you or email you or text you. It's just, I've known you for 30 years and I just want to know what's up. And so I feel like for me, it's okay that I have all these sort of different and various levels and tiers, as you said, Mary, um, of friendships and sort of like Melody said, some make me better. Um, and some, I feel like hopefully I make them better. Um, and it's not always the same people. And I, I think for me that that is okay, but I do want to, especially during this time, concentrate more on the ones that is give, give and take, not just give and not, just take. So I, I can see how I've just had too broad and no wonder I have like 50 friends when really, you know, that number is probably a lot smaller and I have way more friendly acquaintances, uh, which sounds funny to say, you're my friendly acquaintance. Let's become <laughs> friends. <laughs> how do you jump up? So yeah, those are just a lot of things I've been thinking about as we're talking about this, how to, how to go from friendly acquaintance to uh, to, to good friend or how to drop down to psychological armchair, you know, sounding board. Totally. Well, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about next. Um, because I think we all know like where physically to find people, right? It's not like we're just like <laughs> walking around desert, deserted streets, typically. Um, <laughs> Jupiter. Yeah, exactly. So, it, so, you know, you meet all these people during the course of your day. And if you're someone who is looking for more friends, um, the trick is really kind of moving up the ladder um, or into a different category from um, acquaintance to friendly acquaintance to walking buddy to like gal pal to true <laughs> bosom buddy um, friends. <laughs> um, and I think that's, besties. Yeah, we need besties. BFF, right? Um, yeah. And I think that's really tricky. Um, so Jocelyn, I know you're in this like weird position right now um, of having just moved uh you know you're too far away from your old place for for a spontaneous walk so um and surely you'll meet people physically once we're allowed to do that again um so what are you thinking about in terms of how to turn what will inevitably be new acquaintances into hopefully new friends yeah, that is a good question because like you said, the normal people that I could walk with or grab lunch with or coffee with or something on a day-to-day -day basis are like 45 minutes away now. So, you know, I'm still going to mm -hmm. see you guys, but it's going to be, you know, once a month, not planned. It has to be, yeah, planned. it's got to be planned. Mm, yeah. It can't just be like, Hey, let's grab coffee really quickly. Yeah. Um, so one thing I will say I'm really grateful for is that I have historically not been very good at staying in contact with friends when I move away from them. And I know that's like a weakness I have. It's not a great mm. skill. I wish I were better at it. Um, and I'm trying, but I'm glad that we've had this time where we've already established these like zoom FaceTime texting friendships, because I do think that's going to help carry me past the move because I want to stay in contact with my friends. 
And then looking forward, um, my kids are, my youngest is finishing fifth grade this year. He'll be in middle school. So I'm not at a stage anymore where I'm taking little kids to play dates or meeting other moms at the park. Like Mary and Melody, I met both of you guys at the park for the first time while our kids played. So um, I think I'm kind of beyond that, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. I'd I'd still like to go to the park with you. <laughs> I would still go yeah. to the park, but probably if I'm like calling the parents of my eighth graders' friends. Oh, no, no, like, no, without the kids. I, I want to leave yes, the kids Yes, without the kids, yeah. You and I on the slide, please. Yeah, but totally. But yeah, that's probably not going to work for me going forward. Be like, let's meet at the park with our new high schoolers and <laughs> that does not work no tell you. <laughs> um, so I'm really trying to think what that's going to look like for me one thing I'm really happy about is that our new neighborhood is very friendly like people are out walking they say hi they notice we're new in the neighborhood and they ask us how old our kids are what do we do where did we move from where our old neighborhood was not like that um, so I'm very grateful and I feel like that's going to help open the doors for me post COVID to say, Hey, I know we pass each other on a walk. Sometimes can we walk together? Jocelyn, do you think that you might do, and I know as an introvert, this would be tough, but, and I'm just spitballing here because it just threw into my head that you might do something more intentional. Like I'm going to go door to door and leave a couple of cookies with my name and email and be like, Hey, we're new to the neighborhood. Let me know if you want to get a coffee and just shotgun that out, you know, to your, like your street. I don't know if that's a, is that weird? Like, is that a thing? No, I don't think so. Well, for two reasons. One, well, a little, yes. I mean, I think it's nice to meet the neighbors, but maybe not like leave your phone number or, you know, well, I think how about inviting them over for, uh, for cocktails or something. Yeah. Well, I think that one thing that's so helpful big. in my neighborhood is that we have a very active Facebook group for our mm. individual neighborhood, like just, you know, these couple streets and people are very active on there, like asking questions, chatting about stuff, giving away free things, offering up fruit from their trees. So I've really made an effort to dive in and like comment on people's stuff and post things just so that like I'm out there. I, you know, if I'm then meeting somebody, I can be like, oh, hey, we sort of met on the Facebook group. Mm. I do think that helps. And then the other thing is at Christmas, my kids and I were stuck at home and had not a lot to do while they were on break. So we baked a ton and we made like snack goodie bags for five or six neighbors. And Ooh. my kids made handmade cards and we just went and delivered them with no expectation of anything in return. But almost everybody we left things for then later brought a card or something to our house in the next few days, which was unnecessary, but very kind. And it gave us another point of contact to just nice say like, yeah, we're wishing you guys a happy holiday too. And, you know, thanks for the treats, all that. Like that that's what Shana... That's already it. Yeah, so you already did it. You did it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did. And it wasn't yes. weird. Yes, Shana, I did. It wasn't weird. You made it so sweet. <laughs> yeah, not, not like creepy Shana. Right. I really Shana put orange cranberry good. bread that people always want the recipe for. So I think the cranberry bread is the secret. 
So you could have made it creepy by saying, if you want this recipe. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be my friend. (laughs) We should just conclude the podcast with your recipe and say, if you want friends, make the bread. Make the bread. We're done. Just drop it in your neighbor's house. So nice. Shana, you had a an interesting insight um, and that, and then just added to it. And I had like never heard this before, which is, and you said it like everybody knew it, that it takes three years of like casual knowing someone like three years of coffee dates to make a real friend. Uh, and Jess was like, no, it's two years. Um, I had never <laughs> and then we heard that before. That's <laughs> insane. Uh, that's so interesting. And, and it like, it rings true to me. It's like, you have to go through all of that sort of wooing time before you can really sort of open up to each other. That's crazy. Um, And so some of us were sort of brainstorming different ways to like cut that time down. Melody, you had a couple of thoughts on that. Well, in my 20s, my late 20s, I lived and worked and traveled in Asia and Australia. And it was challenging to meet friends because I was coming straight out of the blue. I had no introduction. Um, But a few times I did something that kind of worked. So for example, one time I'm on this little safari trip in the middle of Australia and there's like eight or 10 of us in this truck and we're all sitting knee to knee over these bumpy roads and no one's talking to each other. And I'm like, this is so boring. So I just started talking and like (laughs) throwing out kind of personal stuff, like a little bit awkwardly personal stuff. And it worked. Everybody just kind of like used that as the clearance to start being more honest and uh, open. And we actually had the most beautiful trip and everybody just really bonded and connected and it was awesome. And then like a year later, I went to Africa on a safari with 20 people, all strangers to me. And I tried the same thing and it bombed. (laughs) Of course. Totally didn't work. So it's not a guarantee, but sometimes just being willing to be very vulnerable to people once you get them in conversation will, um, bring down some barriers faster. And then of course, finding uh, shared projects. My first husband was a, an engineer and a musician. And he said that the friendships that he made while he was creating music with other people were deeper than anything else because of the vulnerability that you display um, when you do art together. And the five of us started making mm. clay together and now making Yay. this podcast <laughs> together is also a certain degree of vulnerability. And so, um, you know, making art together, I guess, is the idea. I like that idea. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I Melody was reminded of, uh, you know, you take a chance if you, it's TMI, right? You, uh, but we had like at this one Bible study, this lady, it was their first time and she just laid it all out on the table. You'd think it would take her a year to tell us that she wants to have a baby and her husband doesn't and that her husband is a drug addict and he's going through rehab. That's like, that's like three years worth of friendship to find that out. This is her first (laughs) time. And she's like, here it all is. And so for some people they were like, whoa, that is way too much for me. I was like, that's amazing. We just jump started and we're on date number 15 yeah. and now we're, we're <laughs> good friends. And, and uh, it turns out that wasn't a friendship for me, but my <sighs> initial response was, I appreciate TMI. If you will just go there <laughs> and share stuff, I will go there too. And like you said, Molly, it could crash and burn or it could be great. That usually so freaks me out actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, thinking about the, the art, um, I think like any project really, like it, I don't know even that it has to be artistic. I mean, I think what I was thinking of before is, is, is when you have someone who's an acquaintance, if you can like get to at least 
two ways of knowing them that really enriches the relationship. So like if it's someone, you know, from your kid's school at drop off, if you could like start running with them and like talking about that, then you have like two bonds or like start a charity of effort with them. Then you have like these two different ways of connecting with each other. And then you, maybe, you know, some people through the school and some people through the charity thing. And I think it really helps to sort of like create a, a weave instead of just like one thin thread, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I have found that to be useful a little bit too. Um, one question that a lot of us have been thinking about too, especially given where we live, which um, is a place where people have pretty demanding jobs. There's a lot of driving and commuting is do people our age even have time for friendships? I mean, are the people that we're meeting, uh, interested in spending time on getting to know people who may or may not ultimately become, become friends in the long run. Um, Jess, what are your thoughts on that? I know that was something that you were thinking about. Yeah. Um, yeah, because my temple put something out um, several times to try to get families with young kids um, uh together because everyone is saying they want to make more friends but then they they make these arrangements for whatever the event is and then nobody shows so it is tricky but I think what it comes down to is that you know people do want to make more friends they just in in this area I think they do and um but I think you know, because it's maybe not an immediate success or an immediate gratification of it working out successfully, like that people might not want to spend their free time putting themselves out there. One thing you said, Jess, that definitely resonated with me is that people do want them, whether they have the time for them or not. And, um, you know, I used to back pre-COVID throw, try to throw once a month, but it was really probably like more than once every three or four months, uh, what my husband always called lady parties, uh, where I would just invite a bunch of moms and it was usually some theme and, um, we would just get together and have food and talk and do whatever the theme was, which could be like coloring or nails or, uh, martinis or whatever. And people were so grateful they'd be like this is so great thank you for throwing this when are you going to do it again but nobody ever threw their own <laughs> i was going to so say when jess are you right. going to do it <laughs> yeah. yes. but jess is right that people are desperate for connection but don't know how to initiate or how mm-hmm. to get it so you're right mm-hmm. i also yeah. think though there's something hard about um at this stage in at least all of our lives um when the time to get together is is nighttime and we're all tired and there's this Mm. like reverse uh, incentive to leave the house. I just find it so difficult. Like that is the time to sort of let loose is take off your pants after bedtime. (laughs) Like, Oh my gosh, I'm already tired. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, but fortunately that does change over time as your kids get older. Yeah. 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 So don't yeah. be too hard then, on yourself. You don't need to have like a perfect array of friends at every stage in your life. Sometimes it's just uh, when, seasons. when, yeah, seasons and when things open up and the stars align. 
Yeah, it's going to be I like the roaring 20s here when things open up again. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am e- eagerly looking forward to reconnecting with all kinds of people and, and really thinking about some of the stuff we talked about today um, and being a little bit more intentional about um, the relationships I cultivate um, or don't cultivate as, as things open up a bit more. Um, okay, so we always do a speed round at the end of our podcast episode uh this week in the theme of friendship we are talking about the golden girls thank you thank you for for being being a friend friend. (laughs) um and we are we are five uh kind of cronies here um like (laughs) like the golden girls so the question is if you were a golden girl which golden girl would you be i'll i'll start i'll i would be dorothy um because I could be curmudgeonly. No. <laughs> I've never seen that. And love it. No. I could be curmudgeonly and love it. Melody, who would you be? I picked Blanche because I always wanted to own my sexuality and my body more. And uh, I love the idea of channeling nice. her energy. Saucy. And having a lanai. And having a lanai. <laughs> and owning the house. Jocelyn? Yes. I'm with you. I would be Dorothy. I'm a little bit like crotchety and... <laughs> Antic at times so yep that's me Shana uh I think who I would like to be is Rose she just has no anxiety she doesn't worry about anything she trusts everyone she's sweet and kind I'm none of those things so that's <laughs> and she's Betty White so you yes. cannot go wrong <laughs> a national yeah. treasure and that's Betty White be. is funny in real person in real life just uh. like you are Yes. Uh, Jess. I Jess? think for me, I would be Sophia because I love it when people say it like it is. And she definitely <laughs> does that. And awesome. she's funny. So I can hope to be funny. Oh, you are. Well, may the Golden Girls friendship be an inspiration to us. Um, this was really fun, ladies. We'll see you all next week. You have been listening to Never a Dull Moment, Dispatches from the Suburban Zoo. We will see you next time. And if you like the show, please be sure to subscribe and tell a friend. Bye.